Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are about to break the surly bonds of gravity and punch the face of God. I wish I was a little Left taller. Jab Productions present Edge of Sports bit. Radio, where sports and politics collide. And now your host, Dave Zarn. The Schmara Kid. Boom! Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. I'm Dave Zyron, joined as always by a man who I don't even know if he would have lasted 25 seconds with Ronda Rousey, but we love him anyway, <laughs> Dan Baker. DP, did you see the UFC over the weekend? I did not. By the time I, I was I was thinking about turning on, it was over. It was over. I mean, the nerve also of like this three-hour card with the match that people are waiting for lasting a good 30 seconds. I was getting Tyson flashbacks. Coach, were you watching any of this, sir? Absolutely not. No interest at all. No interest at all, but I'll tell you this, sir. You might have interest in the fact that the Teamsters announced today that along with the Unite Here Union, they're going to start organizing UFC fighters. How's that sound to you, Mean Mark? That's awesome. Hey, I'm all for organization. Me too. Hey, we got a hell of a show this week. First two segments of the show, straight up and down, we're going to be talking to Coach Kevin mm-hmm. McNutt about his new book, Playing Time, Tough Truths About AAU Basketball, Youth Sports, Parents, and Athletes. Then we're going to speak about the fact that it is one year since Ferguson. We're going to talk about sports and politics one year since the killing of Michael Brown and how that has shaped the landscape of sports and if it's shaped the sports world at all. I mean, which I think Mm. is also very worth asking. Like, how much do we really want to say it's changed that landscape? And then finally, we're going to end the show going to Mean Mark, and he's going to tell us about one NFL team who was terrible last year, who people should consider to be a playoff, if not contender, contender. a mortal lock. I feel like Could I should just like pick one name, like ju- just Johnny Manziel, right? No, no, no. Yes. No, no. You're no, going to pick. This isn't, this isn't okay. about making Mark cry. This isn't about. <laughs> it's Because I really do think that in this era of NFL parody, you could make an argument for any team. There's no longer like when I was growing up, the teams that you could like just chalk in for two and fourteen, three and thirteen every single damn year, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like the Tampa Bay Bucks of my youth, it didn't matter if it was Steve Young, Vinny Testaverde, or Oliver Luck at quarterback; they were going to be terrible. Chris Chandler, <laughs> it didn't matter. But you could, I think, conceivably make an argument for any single NFL team almost. if you wanted to, almost. Ooh, well, maybe we'll hear from you about that, too, who you can't make an <laughs> argument for. And something tells me you're thinking about the team in Washington, D.C. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Everybody then all of a sudden goes, because uh, people in D.C. are weird. All right. Hey, we got to go to break right now. We'll be back right after this and start talking to Coach about his book. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Boom, we're back here in Edge of Sports Radio. There is great news here in Edge of Sports land. One of us has written a book, and for once, <laughs> it's not me. There you go. There you go. Mark, where's your book? It's forthcoming. Embarrassing. Absolutely. Dan, where's your book? Working on Embarrassing. it. Embarrassing. Both of you. You're both 
peons to the coach and me. <laughs> Absolutely. Because Coach has a new book out. I've actually read this cover to cover. I love it. It's fantastic. I can't recommend it highly enough. And I even wrote a blurb for Uh-oh. it. I might as well just read my blurb. That's right. This is no, what the this show blurb is, now. is way yeah. too long. No, no, I, I, no. You know what? I'm not going to read Let's the blurb. Let's have Dave just talk about things he likes. I like Coach's book. There you go. And let me tell you something. This book is called Playing Time: Uh-oh. Tough Truths About AAU Basketball, Youth Sports, Parents, uh-huh. and Athletes. Mm-hmm. In other words, Coach is tr- is writing a book about AAU basketball that takes shots at AAU basketball parents and athletes, <laughs> leaving him an audience of uh, us, us, us. Yeah. basically. No, I don't That's like so. me writing a book like The Joys of Cooking. By the way, you're all eating food infested with chemicals and rat droppings and all the rest of it. Is that a good? You, you proud of that metaphor? Yeah, I am very proud. Okay. No, 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 no. Ha. You know why I'm proud? Because it wasn't a metaphor, it was a simile, because I used the word like. So I'm glad to at least correct you on that. So I'm proud once again. So, Coach, yes. talk to us, my man. Everybody knows writing a book is absolutely positively, incredibly painful as an experience. Why did you take this on? Why did you feel like you had to write this? Uh, same thing with the first book. Um, hooked on Hoops. Hooked on Hoops. It's just that uh, you see so much and, uh, and you just shake your head, man, when you see all the things that's going on in, in youth sports. Talk especially. about your background real quick. That should have been my first okay. question. What makes you qualified um, to write this? Yeah, that, that's, 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 a good, that's a good question. People say, well, you know. Yeah, who are you? And uh, <laughs> One, everything in the book that I write about in sports, I have been, uh, I played here in Washington, D.C., uh, as a youth, uh, went to St. Anthony's High School. Didn't where John Thompson coached before he went to uh, Georgetown. I didn't play for him. He left the year that I would have made varsity. Um, so there, so playground player, high school player. Went to George Mason, walk on, earned a scholarship. Uh, then I got into coaching. Uh, I got in coaching youth, 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 youth sports, high school, high school boys, high school girls. Uh, coached my daughter. Got an AAU. Your daughter, Monique. Monica. Uh, Monica. Yeah. I was seeing if you were paying yeah, attention. Yeah. Monica McNutt. <laughs> I could throw it off on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Who, of course, was the captain of the Georgetown team that right. made it to the Sweet 16? Sweet, uh, Sweet 16. Or the Elite yeah. 8. No, Sweet 16. Sweet lost 16 to um, lost in the most, Maya Moore at Connecticut. The the most, by far the yeah. most competitive game that yep. that Maya Moore team played in on their routing run yep. to the NCAA That's finals. That's Go correct. on, please. So then I um, coached AAU with the... Uh, People that in this arena know of the DC Assault, uh, the legendary DC Assault, uh, nationally known. I coached in their in their AAU program. Who came through DC Assault. Um, Demar Johnson, Nolan Smith, uh, uh, Michael Beasley. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on. Jared Jack, uh, did he go through? DC? Uh, I don't know. Who Jack played with them. Okay. Uh, Austin Freeman. Uh, there's a whole list of oh, players, love kids Austin that came yeah, that came through there. Um, Go on. Then the biggest one that I've been a referee for thirty years. That's the one, and that's really that is because that's the, that's the one where you see the human element at work. Because you're sort of a step removed um, I, yeah. from all the internal drama exactly. that takes place on the sidelines. Exactly. It's like you actually are yep. able to see the forest for the trees. Absolutely, and and like when I know. go to Mark's restaurant and I actually can see the health violations <laughs> when he is a waiter. <laughs> you've never you've never been to the restaurant. I've never been. Never. No. Go on. <laughs> but that's that's the one because that's the one where I, I come out. And I can see, and I could talk to people, and I, I believe me, I get 
all the venom heaped on me as a referee. And that's that's and that's a unique thing because especially at the AAU level, man, the parents are just out of control. So anyway, so a whole collaboration of things, and I just I just started behind a keyboard and pounded it out. And the book is my observations that what I've seen with all those things, parents, athletes, mm-hmm. AAU, youth sports over 30 years, 35 years. Wow. And uh, the more I got into it, and thanks, you, know, you were a big asset on that because, you know, I came to you and said, hey, Dave, you know, how do you do this? And you just said, just write, just write, just write. And you were, you were getting Easiest a lot of encouragement. Advice in the world. <laughs> it's so easy to sound deep when <laughs> you limit your answers to one sentence because mm-hmm. people think you're just like Yoda. It's like, what's the secret to happiness? Be happy. Damn. That's well, deep. well, you did a lot more than that, though. I mean, your, your encouragement was, was, was uh, instrumental in uh, moving forward. Although. Deserve it. But let me tell mm-hmm. you this. No, you deserve it, not I deserve the compliment. Let me ask you, the 30 years, that's what mm-hmm. I'm so interested in. What are the biggest changes over the course of the last 30 years this in this one, world of AAU hoops. That's it right there. Today, when I played high school in the late 70s, even through I got out of college, we did not know of AAU. Now, AAU, the, and this, and first of all, AAU is an organization. Yeah, out it of goes Florida. back a century. Yeah, you're right, 125 years in, in sports. But they weren't doing this on this level. Nobody knew of AAU. Now... It's, it's astounding. Now, every parent from eight-year-old knows about AAU and thinks that's a panacea to their kid going college and, and beyond. And that's just wrong. Uh, I've never seen that's the most amazing thing that I've seen in 30 years from nobody knowing what AAU to the, on the tips of any, any parent that is thinking of getting their kid exactly. involved in youth sports from basketball. AAU has other sports, soccer, volleyball. Uh, they even have football at the lower levels. Uh, so, and everybody's like, hey, got to play AAU. And that's not necessarily true. Go ahead. Yeah. I, what does AAU bring to the table that changes the relationship between kids and parents and sports? It is, it is, it is, it is so much on everybody's tongue that, hey, play AAU, especially in basketball, play AAU, and then you're on your way to a scholarship and, and, and beyond. So and, it raises the stakes immediately for all the kids involved. Right, right. And the right. parents and the coaches. Yes. So in 30 years, is it fair to say that in 30 years, the amount of heat and pressure that's on these kids has increased dramatically? Do you see that? Yes. And I, and I, and I write about it in the book. Three things, three things happened, Dave, that all, all around the same time in the late 80s and early 90s that came together and started this explosion into youth sports. That was, first of all, Michael Jordan and Nike came along. So that, that, that gave everybody the rush of saying, hey, okay, there's Jordan, there's Nike, there's a shoe. Uh, the other one was ESPN. ESPN came along, and then they are, they're, they're televising everything. So you can see all of a sudden they have 24 hours. That I mean, was just ESPN. That was before ESPN 2 and 3 and all the networks they got now. Mm-hmm. So then all this time to fill. So they started putting on things, which I really disagree, from Pop Warner football just to fill up time and so forth mm-hmm. and so on, following athletes. And the third one was Tiger Woods because Tiger Woods came along. Now, you understand, ES, uh, Jordan came along with Nike in the – Middle 80s, once he, once he hit the league. Mm-hmm. 84, uh, 85. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESPN came along in the late 80s. No, 79. Uh, 79, but it started mushrooming, uh, especially right. when he linked up with the Big East. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN okay. and actual sports. You're right. now talking um, 83. 
Okay. Right. And then T- Tiger came la- later, but it's, even with his amateur career, remember, Tiger was on uh, Mike Douglas or Merv Griffin. I, I write about in the book. Mike Douglas show. Right. At mm-hmm. two years old. But it then, but here's what Tiger did. Tiger, well, he and his father, they, sh- they gave a blueprint televised by ESPN of watching a prodigy. Yeah, Training a Tiger exactly. was the name of Earl Woods' book. Exactly. So that was on TV. So everybody says, well, wait a minute. If Earl Woods can do it, I can do it. So those three things all set with a rocket launch to where you sports mushroom. Those were the three things. Then I will add a fourth, and that was a a introduction of AAU basketball into the black community, and that was started by Sonny Vaccaro around the same time. Because what happened was. Sonny Vaccaro, who was the shoe rep for Nike, right, right, right. At that time, he was shoe paying agent. he was paying coaches in, at the college level to um, to wear their shoes, and then he was also the founder of several several camps. There was the there was a Dapper, uh, Dapper Dan contract in Pittsburgh, and so forth. So he said, hey, "Wait a minute, well, wait a minute. I got camps, but you know what? There's more kids out here that want to play basketball. Mm-hmm. So why don't I just go ahead and start doing something in the spring and summer?" Hmm, so, put a pin in that. Okay. Put a pin in that because okay. there's so much more to unpack here, mm-hmm. especially the role that shoe companies played in the burgeoning AAU scene and what that does to basketball. We'll be back right after this. One, two, don't one, two, move. Three, Dave Zirin will be right back with more Edge of Sports Radio. You're listening to Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio. Joe Better Coach, Kevin Nutter, you know. Love me. And me, Mark, you do me, Mark. So good. It's good day. It's Coach Day. It's Coach Day. I love that it's Coach Day. Coach, yeah. as you were talking, mm-hmm. one thing occurred to me. You know, I'm obviously good friends and a great friend of the show uh, with Atan Thomas, mm-hmm. former NBA player. Yep. Atan's son uh, plays AAU. His son, Malcolm, great kid. And Atan tells me stories about how crazy the parents are and whatnot. But at the same time, he also says that AAU's been really positive for Malcolm. He couldn't talk Malcolm out of it if he wanted to. And so is in your mind, is like is AAU like synonymous with something bad? Like is to say AAU, it's like you're almost like AAU. Or is it more like the sort of thing where it's like a tool and some people use it in a way that's positive and other people in a way that's negative. Yeah, and I do that in a book. I, 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 well, which is it? Uh, it's both. It's both. So AAU the, can be a very positive very force positive, in people's Very lives. positive. And I write a couple of chapters about a team that I help get players for and my best buddy uh, I coach the team. And What's I, the name I of that team? The, huh? What was the name of that team? Uh, DCX. Okay. Um, and I write about them in the books. Um, and but, he, but here's the deal. A, you get a bad rep because you hear stories about, and I saw some, I saw some things uh, with uh, recruiting of players and players leaving and, and moving from team to team and all that good stuff. But the stuff that makes ESPN headlines is when they talk about well, this this guy got paid and this recruit got paid. But by and large, that is for the five star top shelf players where mm-hmm. those shenanigans take place. Okay, which is just about one percent or less than one percent of all the athletes that are playing high These school. These are the basketball. players who are definitely getting D one scholarships. The one and Duns, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, right. those type players, and that's and that's and, and this. I make very little mention of those type of athletes in my book because that's rarefied air. Right. Um, 
though, and those are players, also the players who were getting stuff under the table in the 1950s with CCNY. Like as long as there's been top basketball, exactly. the top exactly. players have gotten greased. Exactly. And, but and, this and, is like what it sounds like is almost like the the expansion and the collectivizing of the. I don't want to say the sleaziest part of the process, but maybe the most dangerous for kids in their development part of the process. Well, but, that's, but that's okay. Now you got to watch. Be careful of that because most of them aren't going to be five star recruits. That's my whole point, yeah. though. Yeah. But 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 you but you refract onto them everything that goes along with that without the rewards. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and, and look. So if you take AAU for what it's worth, it can be great competition. Uh, the tournaments are run well uh, at the local level and, as, as, and the national level in terms of organization, games played, nice facilities, good referees, people to run the table, and so forth and so on. That's good, competition. But what has happened, especially in the black community, is that everybody's saying, hey, I can't get a scholarship through my high school. I can't get a scholarship. I can't pay for my kid to go. So it's got to be through AAU. So they get in there and... Well, wait a minute. Let me ask you, know. you this. You said mm-hmm. especially in the black community. And, of course, black community, particularly in our gentrified times, should not be seen as synonymous with, as it used to be, people used to say the urban community. Right. And the urban was synonymous with black. But as we're seeing gentrification, mm-hmm. more people who are poor, disproportionately people of color, pushed to the suburbs. You can't say urban the same way. But I do want to pick on that for a second mm-hmm. because... I see AAU, and Atan's family, frankly, reflects this, you know, living where they live in Prince George's County, as a suburban phenomenon. That I see, I see yep. a ton of suburban white kids doing AAU. I see a ton of middle-class families doing AAU. These are people who, I mean, granted, in this day and age, who knows, given the price of college tuition, but these are families who presumably could figure out a way to get their kids into, into college, right. pay for tuition. Right. What's the attraction of them? To AAU, because I get the attraction of poverty, scholarship, you know, especially now we're seeing in Fairfax County, they're cutting sports programs. You think, okay, the traditional high school route isn't going to do it. We got to go through AAU. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's expanded so much as a suburban phenomenon? Is that just about our obsession with sports? Well, one, (laughs) it's very expensive to play AAU. And a a lot of, and I write about this, a lot of D.C. kids can't play because they don't have the, the means to play. It's very, very expensive to play to play uh, AAU basketball, volleyball. And matter of fact, volleyball and soccer is even more expensive. Um, so is it the uh, sort of thing where you have to try out to play AAU? No, or if it, anybody can pay, they can yeah, do it? And see, that's a, boy, now you're getting into another thing. Anybody can play. We can, we, can, we can go out and decide to start our own team, find our own group of kids, if we have the wherewithal monetarily to do it, and just coach a team. Uh, there's no they, a, the AU's gotten into uh, cleaning it up because back in the day there was felons on the bench. We didn't know it, there was no background checks on anybody. So now pinning a background check, anybody can can. Right, so can Mark start can't it. coach, but the rest of <laughs> us, yeah, sorry about that. The rest of us can do it. Right. So you can so you can start a team, but everybody wants to play. In answer to your question about why the suburban, because they want to they want their kid to get a scholarship. Even if you got the money, the wherewithal to get them to the school, if they don't get a scholarship. You would prefer to have a scholarship as opposed to having to write a check. Yeah. So you chase it. And again, basketball. You, you mentioned about gentrification. You're moving around, and you're moving down to the suburbs. But the mindset and the relationship between the city, between the black community and basketball, is still there. Yeah, it's the first love. Uh, is 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 easy access, and we just have an a, a attachment and attraction to it. 
is part of the growth of AAU, does it also have, and I guess have Fairfax County on the brain because it's been in the news so much, about how they might cut all the sports programs out of Fairfax high schools to save $11 million, which is a pittance. It's also a pittance compared to what they they, they owe like a hundred and fifty million. They're, 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 that's, that's their debt, mm-hmm. and eleven million in absolute pittance. Um, the, the one thing about it that at least makes me feel, I mean, dep- happy, depressed, is that um, they're they're trying to do that as a way to keep some of the arts programs, and usually arts mm-hmm. is the first thing that's cut. But I just hate the idea in this world where there's so much wealth, particularly in Fairfax yes. County, yes. one of the wealthiest counties in, in, in the in damn country. country. Yeah. Might be the wealthiest per capita in the country. It might be the wealthiest. It just just drives me crazy that these budget shortfalls even exist. But Mm -hmm. let me – is part of the growth of AAU, Coach, have to do with these shrinking budgets for public schools? It it, it did initially because AAU surfaced along with the three things I mentioned before with uh, um, budgets being cut in the community for uh, youth sports, boys and girls clubs, and so forth and so on. So it was a niche that AAU pounced on. And then also it was just a big uh, uh, off season between uh, the spring and the summer. So it just slid right in there and it, just, it was just a perfect hand in glove marriage. But now it has just grown. You, you, you must play. And t- parents turn around from February, like two weeks after the high school basketball season ends, Fourth, you know, from November through through February, all through the state playoffs, season ends, and you shoot right into AAU. And from April, from well, no, from late late February, on to July thirty one, it's AAU, and parents are conditioned to say, "I'm going to have two or three nights nice a week of practice, and every mm. weekend we're going to play AAU." And they have no problem about shelling out the money, uh, no problems with getting to, to uh, going to Philadelphia or Memphis or Orlando or Myrtle Beach. To play basketball, and a lot of these times, the coaches aren't even there. They they don't understand what they what they're, what, they're, what they're talking about, and thinking that a coaches are going to be there waiting for my son to play, and he's going to see that my son's an athlete and give him a scholarship. That only happens in July, in a brief period, a brief window in, in April. So a lot of this time, you're just going and playing, thinking that you you're, you're being seen by coaches, and you're not. Now, if you go, you are getting the, tape on yourself, presumably. You get like, tape in I've high seen school. The parents see, that's, there. But that's a misnomer. <laughs> You're going to get for the, for most athletes. You're going to get your uh, if you if you're good enough to get in college and play. You're going to get that off of your high school more so than you are going off AAU. But most people don't understand. You that. think that's true? Oh, I know that's true. You I think know that's true. That's true. Like, and so we're not talking about the top one percent anymore who are going to get it there anyway. That's my point. And see, watch this: the five star, the four star recruits that are going to. That's the, not even what we should be talking about. No, because they. Let me tell you something. Those guys, everybody know. If they don't play AAU, they still got scholarships in their pocket. Mm-hmm. They're playing to say, "Do I want to go to Duke or Kentucky or Kansas?" They've got scholarships. They're playing just to showcase their talent, uh, get up on the blogs, work on their game, work on work on their game. But the ones, the twos, the zero stars, they're playing, and their parents are allocating this money, allocating time, family vacations, out the window, out the door, and they're not going to get. And their best chance of getting seen and playing is going to be through the high school team. More so than it is through AAU. So if if um if parents the two to three times a week thing is also like really troubling to me because what we've always heard is that athletics are important because it also keeps kids in school, keeps a lot of kids disciplined on their studies, yes. they have to keep good grades to stay on the team, right. and that it saved a lot of students who otherwise would have been so alienated from school. 
that they wouldn't have gone. Mm-hmm. And I can say, like, even on the, the most minor sports level possible, like, for me, it was a reason to get up in the morning and go yeah, to school. Sure. It was knowing I had basketball practice. It was, yep. like, a good feeling yep. when otherwise, you know, playing hooky, as we used to call it, being right. truant, would have been a nice option because right. I was 16 and unhappy. Right. And then it's like, oh, well, this is something that makes me happy. Yep. But two to three times a week, I mean, are we – are we basically setting these kids up for academic failure with that level of commitment? Or based on what you've seen, are they still able to juggle all these balls and just putting all this pressure on themselves? They seem to be able to to, to do it because uh, they did it during the, uh, the season, the high mm-hmm. school season, five, six days a week. They practice five, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they're not going on trips, though, in the season. Well, no, the, but the trips happen on a weekend. You go out, you go out of town Friday, okay. Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, come back Sunday. Or, it's, you know, local, you might from 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 D.C. to Baltimore, something like that. So, yeah, you, you can do it because you were doing, you were, you were practicing four nights a week during the season, playing two nights a week. So, now, you, you know, so, yeah, they, they make it happen. Huh. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you something. I, I wanted for the last segment of the show to talk about one year since Ferguson, Black Lives Matter movement and sports, how mm-hmm. it's reflected. But I actually have a couple more questions. Let's do it. Is it okay we hang yeah, on? Because please. the book is fantastic. The book is called Playing Time, Tough Truths About AAU Basketball, Youth Sports, Parents and Athletes. The author is Kevin McNutt, longtime co-host here at Edge of Sports, along with me and Mark Barry. And one thing I want to ask you, Coach, when we come back from mm-hmm. the break that I want you to think about is this idea that AAU – Something we heard a lot roughly about 10, 15 years ago, that mm-hmm. AAU actually also makes you worse at basketball. Yes. And Good question. We want to t- I want to talk to you yes. about that because Great there's question. actually some very interesting counter evidence to that idea. But why, how has that taken place? Let's yep. find out. Let's Great go to break. Question. We'll be back after this. Dave Zirin will continue with Edge of Sports Radio after the break. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. We're back here on Edge of Sports Radio, off-air, decrying Islamophobia in this world and also loving Coach Kevin McNutt because his new book, Playing Time, Tough Truths About AAU Basketball, Youth Sports, Parents, and Athletes, is that incredible. I do want to talk about one year since Ferguson um, and what's happened in the world of sports. But before I do, I want to go down this one particular rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Let's take us back about 13 years. It's Mm -hmm. 2002. An Allen Iverson-led team Mm -hmm. um, in the FIBA World Championships gets their ass absolutely Mm -hmm. beat by a sweet-passing Greek team with a lot of guys who are 6'10", hitting 15-foot shots. Mm -hmm. And then in 2004, Stefan Marbury and Lamar Odom-led team got their ass kicked Mm -hmm. at the Olympics, losing to Argentina. And the word at the time was not... That the U.S. lost because, frankly, the U.S. wasn't sending their best players. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron did not play in that 4 for example, even though he was already, after one year, clearly one of the best players. And actually, several. I don't think Kobe played in 4 Like, it was a lot of the best players did not go in 4 But it wasn't, oh, we didn't send our best players, and second-tier U.S. players mm-hmm. will lose to top-tier Argentine and Greek players. No, it was AAU. Mm-hmm. The problem is AAU. Yep. Players are too selfish. They're too one-on-one. They're too, And it's a lot of it is code for they play too much of that one-on-one black basketball. It is, thank you. And as opposed to the sweet passing basketball that the Europeans do. Right. Now, fast forward um, 11 years later, and a couple of things. First of all, the U.S. has dominated since then on the international mm-hmm. scene as the best players have said we're going to play. Uh, but the other thing that's so interesting is that this whole 
renaissance of incredible team playing European players has in no way, shape, or form come to pass. And the U.S. players, particularly black players, are looking amazing. Mm -hmm. And the NBA is in a renaissance. Mm -hmm. The quality of players has never been higher. Uh, Players like Allen Iverson have been reexamined through a different statistical lens to say they never should have been praised as much. If we knew what we were talking about 15 years ago, they wouldn't have been praised as much as they were in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's a whole different discussion. Mm-hmm. I'm, always, you know, I'm DC. I have a soft right, spot right, for right. AI. <laughs> but it's just to say that all the templates have changed mm-hmm. at this point to the point where you have players, you know, like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, you know, this new generation of superstars with European players lagging way, way behind. Mm-hmm. And LeBron James, the best player of them all, also being like one of the most unselfish players of his time. Mm-hmm. And his former running mate, Carmelo Anthony, being decried as somebody who doesn't know how to pass. So isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. The players who pass, getting all the love, mm-hmm. these are black players. Mm-hmm. And the players who don't, getting disregarded culturally. Gotcha. Very interesting change. Yes. And all of these players come up through AAU. Mm-hmm. So the question I have for you, Coach, is it's, it's a weird question. It's, is AAU bad for people learning team basketball skills? And if the answer is no, has it changed? Did it used to be bad, but now it's better? When AAU first popped out on the scene and people were saying, this is the vehicle to get it done, the way to do that, again, was, okay, now, okay, I got to get exposure. I got to get, I got to get, well, Calipari wasn't in college then, but I get it, Pitino yeah, yeah. and K and all the looking. So how do I do that? Well, I got to go and throw up big numbers back in the day. Mm-hmm. I got to throw up 35 and 40. And you got parents, entourages saying that, man, you want to go to school? When you go out there and go to the national tournament, go down to Nationals in Orlando or go to Vegas or wherever the big national tournament with the teams coming from all over, you got to light it up. And some of that is about media. Like you would have people like Iverson getting praised for going 12 for 35. Mm-hmm. When if a player did that today, the media response, I think, would be like, what the hell are you doing wasting right. 35 chances down the court? Exactly. Exactly. So so back in the day when AAU was, was growing, throw a bit, put up a big number. Go for the record. Fire it up. And the mentality. So when they get the ball and the guards would start ball. So that really was an up. AAU mentality. That was. Yeah, because okay. they didn't know. They were thinking, OK, this this is this is a new thing here. You know, I got if I get 35, K's going to come knocking on my door. Now, what has happened Again, coaches were even buying into that because the coaches had their agenda. So wait a minute now. If I've got Iverson, he throws up 35, we win a couple of games, they're going to want to bring me in as assistant coach. So the coach, so the coaches placate the player. Go in there, light it up, just get us to win. You go, I go, I'll be an assistant coach, either the high school, I'll be a head, head coach at high school, or I'll get dragged to an assistant coach job at a college. So everybody's, everybody had agenda. Now what's happening, people are starting to say, well, wait a minute now. You know, I got to trust the process here. These coaches get paid six figures. This is what I tell people all the time because that mentality is still alive about go out there, be on center stage, light it up. But I'm saying, hey, these coaches get paid six figures. They know what they're doing. If you go out there, I've had a college coach tell me this. This was a woman's college coach, matter of fact, said that she hates AAU because that mindset is still there. Kids go out there. I got to light it up. And they sit up there and say, I'm not impressed. Mm. I'd rather see the one that plays defense, the one that moves the ball, that hits the open man, that hits the open man, the Golden State scene. 
And so a lot of people are saying that. So now they understand that winning's more important than getting getting 35, you know, 12 right. to 35, the example you just gave by Iverson. So I think it's starting to come around to that, hey, team ball is rewarded. Winning's rewarded. Coaches, and I tell people, you you throw up 35 and you're losing, you're not going to get a scholarship. You play on a winning team because coaches are going to say, why is this team winning? I got to go to states and see why this team's winning. But that's a par- But you're also saying, and just correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, that that's a paradigm shift. That that wasn't the way it was ten years yes. ago. So there's been an evolution. Years ago, yeah. of Fifteen years yeah. ago, so there's yeah. been an evolution of thinking in coaches, and an evolution of thinking in terms of the kind of player that they want to see, and maybe that puts its own pressure on AAU to put out a different kind of player than maybe they were 15 years ago. Well, I mean, it, it, they, they, they still are going hard and heavy after the five-star because if you get that five-star guy that's going to go to Duke and Kentucky for one year, you've got a lot more chances of win because in football and in basketball, if you got a, a six-eight that can do it all, your chances are, you know what I mean? Mm. So uh, that's still out there and, 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 and doing a lot of <laughs> balls and juggling to, to, to get a five-star player. But more and more teams, and that's just it. So many coaches are out there. They are doing the right thing. They're teaching the kids fundamental. They're talking about moving the ball, moving without the ball. So uh, that's and that's 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 why I speak highly of AAU. That a lot of coaches out there toiling hard just to get it done the right way. Mm. So and that gets that gets to my last question. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, thanks so much, yeah, coach, for your time you. talking thank on this book, playing time, tough truths about AAU basketball, youth sports, parents, and athletes parent comes up to you Uh and says my kid loves basketball they are of average skill they want to do aau what do you recommend what do you say what uh what's what's your goal what are you trying to accomplish are you trying to get a scholarship are you trying to uh what what do you want do you want your son to get better see there's they're two parallel courses you assume it's a son i Uh, made mine gender well no well i had a daughter because i did it with monica no i know but i'm just i I am just like trying to pick on this one point though if i say to you though because this is my concern and actually i have a a son and a daughter who i would put in this category so i'm asking this on a very personal basis Mm -hmm. is like I just get very excited when my kids are excited about something, and they really love basketball. This isn't about a scholarship. This is about the fact that here's something that they actually love doing, and so I want them to do more of it. But, and here's the big but that I would want to ask you, if by having them do AAU, am I guaranteeing that I'm going to bleed the fun out of the game for them, or is it going to actually allow it to flower and grow? That is a parent's thing because sometimes – Parents are the worst enemy. I mean, I some some of the venom that they they spew not at just referees, their coach, at at, at their child. I'm saying that well, kid's going to burn out 14. Is getting the right coach though, because the right coach can also shut down the venomous parents. I've seen that. Okay, can play a role. <laughs> yeah, in shutting yeah, down them because yeah, you're always going to yeah. have parents yeah, I think, but, who but are see, a little off. But here's what happens. Then. The coach might be able to do that at the practice and say, hey, look, I don't need that from the stands barking at the referees. But watch that. That kid's going to ride home mm. with you and, uh, you know, from that game. That coach is going to be at the dinner table with you. And if you, uh, you, know, if you still beat the kid over the hammer, like, look, you only had six. I need you to have 18. I don't care what the coaches said. And this is what happened. And, that's an, and, and that leads to erosion of authority because you might be able sure. to, to quell, that, quell you as a parent in the stands and at the game. But you're not riding home with that with, with, with your son and daughter. You're not at, at the dinner table with your son and daughter. That's a problem. Now, getting back to your question, yeah. I want to answer your question. That's very important. About I would tell your your and, and understand, Dave. 
whether your whether your son or daughter plays basketball, there's a, a you know they call it travel travel team, but volleyball, soccer, same thing. And what I, mean, I use AAU, AAU as a metaphor. Travel teams is all the same thing. Okay, AAU is actually travel team. And in the book, I I, I call it com- competitive travel basketball. Same thing. So whatever the sport it is, it can be a good thing if you're going in for the competition, the fun, the travel. You know, going to uh, other parts of the country uh, to play and enter these tournaments, that can be a beautiful thing. There's a lot to be learned. It's a fa- mm. It can be a family bonding thing. Um, so if you're going with that focus in, but if you're going with a focus in that this is the path that's going to get you to school, I can't afford it, you're putting a lot of pressure on a kid, and it can be a, <laughs> a the, turbulent relationship. In the broad sense, mm-hmm. are most of the AAU basketball coaches you've come in contact with good people? Absolutely, and that's just it. Absolutely. These are people that have gotten in because they love the sport. They love it because they have their son in it, son and daughter in it. Uh, they may not know the, the, the best at X and O's because I see that as our referee. I'm like, what are you doing? But they have big hearts. They are all about kids. They are all the positive sports. They play sports, you know, back in their day. So they know the positive sports about, you know, like you said, about uh, motivation and giving them option, self-confidence, self-esteem, working teammates all the positive sports they're in it and, and it's it's a lot of work because just in dealing with parents themselves is a full-time chore even on the aau level and you're just doing that for three four months so these people have a lot of good hearts a lot of energy a lot of time they ain't making money out of it so they, you got to be doing it out of love and that's why i try to emphasize that, that in the book well the book is amazing it's called playing time tough truths about AAU basketball, youth sports, parents and athletes. Dave, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. I, I, there's one thing I got to clear up because I, I said it awfully fast that uh, scholarship is going to come from uh, more from high school than AAU. I don't have any uh, empirical evidence to say that, but neither does AAU. And that's sure. the thing. You know what I'm saying? They're saying you got to play AAU to get a scholarship. Where's your proof? They mm-hmm. have no proof. And I'm and I'm and they're going they're going to say what oh, Durant did it and, and LeBron. Those guys, if they had bypassed AAU altogether and just went back to the high school, they would still be going. Well, LeBron went straight to the league. Durant still would go to Texas. He still would have UCLA and Kansas, all those schools recruiting him. So you know, they can they can cite chapter and verse of big names, but those guys are going to go to college regardless. They're six eight with skills. And I don't I don't think we've yet seen the player who bypassed high school basketball altogether just at AAU and got and was a big-time player. Sure, Durant, uh, uh, LeBron did it. No, no, he went to St. Anthony's. No, he didn't went to St. Anthony's. Um, I'm not St. Anthony's. I'm sorry. He went to – of course LeBron went to high school. His games yeah, were, he went to high school, but what was your question? No, I'm saying like you haven't seen the player yet who just said, I'm not even going to play for my any high school team. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to do AAU. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, we haven't yeah, seen that yeah, yet. No, no, even though no. you have but, seen – Well, because because you got to – I mean, you got to pass SAT. You gotta exactly. Have, you got to have grades, so you can't do that. But it, it'll be interesting to see if someone goes the full homeschool AAU route. Mm. That'd just be interesting. It'd be interesting. The, yeah. Like the, the the Todd Marinovich <laughs> uh, uh, of players. If only we could all be Todd Marinovich. Yeah, I, I dream of that. What? If only we could all be Marv Marinovich. Well, these last 30 seconds of this segment, I did just want to do a nod of that. We did a whole show on it earlier today on Pacifica. I'll be sure to post it. But just this is the one-year anniversary of the killing of Michael Brown in Ferguson. And from the moment that he was buried with a St. Louis Cardinals cap, an activist in Ferguson went out to the Cardinals stadium. This has been a part of the world of sports. 
the reflection of the Black Lives Matter movement and the reflection of the movement against police violence in the world of sports. Mm. And just want to do a strong recognition to the Brown family on what is a, a very difficult weekend, but it's a year's anniversary of a weekend that has irrevocably and positively changed the United States. Wow. Uh, we'll be back right after this to wrap up the show. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. Edge of Sports Radio returns. Here's Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio, wrapping up the show. A lot of the show with you, Coach, talking about your book, Playing Time, Tough mm-hmm. Truths About AAU Basketball, Youth Sports, Parents, and Athletes. But if that's all we talk about, Coach, mm-hmm. the Mean Mark Barry fans are going to be up in arms. I know. There are so I many of them. Let's so go. I go to Let's you, Mean Mark. I do was it. curious with your football mind. <laughs> okay. Who is a team that was god-awful last year? Because we're in August, time to start at least looking at the NFL season. Who was a team god-awful last year who you are seeing right now as being not just frisky, but a playoff competitor? Worst to first. Even worse to wild card. I'll they're, okay. they're in the same division, and I think that the reason that this is going to happen is because you have the window that may be the Tom Brady-less uh, uh, New England Patriots for four games. Ooh, so someone from the AFC East, you think, has the chance to make some noise. That moved me in either the Dolphins, who mm-hmm. just gave uh, Tannehill a big contract and a lot of faith. Yep. It would be either the Jets with new coach Todd Bowles mm-hmm. and Sheldon, uh, their best player, Sheldon Richardson, who's going to be gone for a heck of a long time, well, or the best Bills, player. and uh, you know Ryan knows mm-hmm. how to get these Rex. guys fired up. So who is it? Coach Rux Ryan? Is it going to be Coach Todd Bowles or Coach? Who the hell is coaching Miami? Uh, still, still. Whatever. No, they yeah. haven't fired him yet. No, it's still that guy. <laughs> that guy. It's still that guy. The incognito guy. The incognito guy. Oh my god. Incognito still no in the division. By the way, it's unimportant. Starting. What's his name? The coach oh, of the Dolphins. Shit. I don't remember. He was his name. on. He's on the the, the guy. It's let's, unimportant. Let's just call him Incognito's um, stump heel. Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin. I got it. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's so Regis much. Philbin, Todd Bowles, or Rex Ryan. <laughs> Whose team is going to go worse All right. to first? My, my favorite of it is is going to be the New York Jets. What? Geno Smith, regardless, the, the talent they put ahead on that team. If you talk about Brandon Marshall, you talk about— Brandon Marshall's 190. He's 190. Eric Decker's a young receiver. You talk about Jason Morrow, the tight end, and the defense that they put together. They've mercenarily bought, brought back Darrell Rivas, Antonio Cromartie, Buster Scrine, still have Mohamed Wilkerson, who they're going to have to give a contract because— the Sheldon Richardson they thing. They bring back Freeman McNeil and Absolutely. Leslie Walker. Bring the, whole, I, the, the Jets <laughs> are a 10-win the Jets are a ten win team at least this year. <laughs> Whoa, Ted, that's a lot of faith. And the, the, the Richardson thing doesn't bother you. The it, Sheldon Richardson thing. It bothers, thing. but they have depth in that. They just picked a top. Uh, Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams. Oh, I'm so excited You can to take see. the spot for it. Absolutely. The Dolphins with Sue. I think Tannehill can just take a step forward as well. One of those two teams is going to win that division. Wow. 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 The Dolphins go, or the Mark, Jets go. are going to yeah. win it? Go, yes. Mark, all right, go. etch it in stone, baby. That and Manziel goes all pro. You know it. For all of us here, we are out of here. Peace. Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Tune in next week and go to edgeofsports.com. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 support your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. 
Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.